Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. That's right, Real Good Show is back at it again for another week. It is episode number 111, three ones in a row, <laughs> one, one, one. We teased it last week, and what do you know, this week, here it is. Justin Morissette with you, and with me, once again, as always, is... Stefan Heck. Uh, John Cullen. And, and boys, uh, you followed through. You said you were going to talk about the one 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 thing, and here we are. It's a special number. Th- I'll give you that. We're one, one, one 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 is a fun number. Any any palindromic number is fun too. We're one sixth of the way to six six six. So if we just keep <laughs> this going for six times as long as we've been doing it, yeah, I think we we can. could just release. Um, I'm five like five. A shit to, a shit we could release a shit ton of really short episodes. <laughs> yeah, just to get, uh, just that to like get two to minutes it. a piece, just to get to six 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 and like yeah. four twenty and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. just some mini sods, basically. Have yeah. them run it's all like, together. Just like you being like, "Hey guys, this is episode uh, one fifteen. All right, see ya." <laughs> yeah. No, you just you do the intro. We do the intro, and then you say, then you, and then you do the conclusion. And, like, and that will do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like that. If I'm, if I'm five five five, then you're six six six. Yeah, it's a classic all, uh, Slipknot lyric. They're all uh, you know just two minutes long, basically. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, I will admit right off the hop, I am dumb tired right now, which means this episode could go one of two ways. It'll either be. <laughs> Very bad, or it'll be one of those magic late night delirious episodes that we, you know, used to be famous for. I like to think. <laughs> well, we did like three ever. Yeah, but yeah, we were famous for that. The the people loved them. Yeah, is yeah. What I'm saying. I just it I feel like I'm too awake. Like I'm I'm extremely awake. Like I had a nice nap. I'm, I'm also very awake too. Oh, okay. so I had a nice I, I, nap. I I slept in. I didn't work today, so I just had a very casual day. So at the end of this episode, I'm gonna look back at the sand, and there will only be two sets of footprints because it turns out both of you were carrying me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which I guess might not. Justin, be, could, I don't even know if that if we could. Can you move your arm for a sec, Justin? Do you mind moving your arm for a sec? I just okay. want to see. No, move it down. Okay. And move to your left. A little more. Okay. Nice. See some uh, bananas on the counter there. See some what? Bananas. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got bananas. Are those yours, John? Those are my bananas, yeah, for smoothie nice. making. Nice. Yeah. How, well, how do they. Uh, why don't you bring them over here? Uh, what are we working with? <laughs> organic? Uh, no, non organic. They look perfectly the, uh, ripened. Is it Ch- Chiquita? Do we have some Chiquita stickers on there? Uh, I think those are Chiquita, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'd like to confirm it. If if, if you would no, be the, sti- the stickers, and- the stickers off. Oh, I well, know. There's no way fact. to confirm. Yeah, I so know. you took the stickers off individually after you bought them. <laughs> well, no, there's they only put stickers on the top one. <laughs> no, they put them on all of them. No, they? they no. You treat like buying bananas like uh, like when I used to like buy CDs back in the day. I just could not wait to fucking unwrap that shit immediately. Uh, just get those stickers off there so it's mine. Well, no, there was just there was other bananas in the bunch, and the one banana that had the sticker on it has already been consumed. Ah, 
That's all yeah, I'm saying. John only buys uh, bananas with parental advisory stickers. On yeah, exactly. <laughs> he... Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he sticks them up his ass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's me. That's uh, I'm so glad Tipper Gore fought the uh, Food and Drug Administration to get the parental advisory stickers on the bananas and cucumbers and zucchinis. Uh, well, this is still a milestone episode here today. Because last week, I produced my first NHL broadcast. Yes, that's right. But this week, Stefan, <clears throat> and I think this will be very familiar to you living down in Los Angeles, I am sipping my first, La- uh, is it a LaCroix or a LaCroix? Well, so it should be it should be Lacroix, of course. But I think it's based out of like Minnesota or something, and they pronounce it Lacroix so because, of course, it's named do. after a river. It's based out of Mich- uh, Michigan. So, so technically, the drink is pronounced Lacroix, and then the word pronounced Lacroix. Okay, and I'm I'm assuming that this is like all up in your fridge in the cafe offices. Yeah, actually, we bought uh, like seventy eight of them. Uh, and just filled the entire fridge with uh, multiple flavors. Se- 78 cases or single canisters? No, just a bunch of a bunch of cases. I don't uh, know the exact number. Well, no, I guess it would be 36. Yeah, canisters. Yeah, that's I what we over, that's what we call them. them. Yeah, we call them canisters. Kansas. That's Hello, what, sir. That's what Kansas is short for. Yeah, I know, but it, we just don't call it that. Excuse me, sir. Can I get a canister of Coors Light? <laughs> Wait, is that what cans is short for? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. What did you think? Those are just a different word. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's short for canister. What? What is is bottle short for? (laughs) Bottle stir. Bottle stir. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, Stefan, you dumb shit. Yeah, fuck. Come on. It's right there. Damn it! Um, uh, but yeah, I've never, I've never indulged. This is like the the fine delicacy that John keeps in his fridge, apparently as well. Yeah, so I'm right. about to take a sip for the first time. I'm rich as hell, and and become uh, you know a snooty uh, middle upper class uh, white, probably like I don't know app developer. That's who drinks this shit, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean it's 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 pretty affordable. Like. For example, I, I buy mine at a grocery store called Ralph's. Okay. Yeah, I, I know Ralph's. So like I used yeah. to shop at Ralph's. So like it's it's affordable. It's like it's like three dollars for like a, an eight pack or something. I don't know. It's really it's pretty cheap. Oh, that's like, nice. That's very refreshing. It's like double that in Canada. It we're, was my eight pack was six bucks. We're having the Peche Poire that's, that's flavor of the Boisson d'eau gazeuse. <laughs> Boisson. That's a good flavor. Yeah, we, don't have, we don't have that one down here. We have we have uh, we have peach pear down here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, there's yeah. That's the other thing about the states is they have way more flavors of it. We only have a couple. Like it's only just got up here, so there's only a few. They have grapefruit, lime, peach pear, and cran raspberry. And John's tried them all. I have. This is the best one, I think. But um, the lime one is good too. Yeah, I mean, as a I would man- say cran raspberry for me. Really? See, to me, that tasted too much like medicine. That would be probably my least favorite. Uh, I found it kind of had like a cherry medicine flavor, even though cherry was I not can, an advertised I, I flavor. I feel like this is well-worn territory before that we've covered on the show, but as a man who doesn't drink, you must like dabble in your fancy sodas. Oh, of course, yeah. Craft sodas. All the, I talked about that in the Facebook group. I only drink craft sodas. Someone, someone asked if if what people's favorite diet soda was. Oh, and yeah, I said, yeah. I'm sorry, I only drink craft sodas. 
Which is not expressly true, yeah. but pretty close. And like Phillips doesn't do a diet soda. No, of course not. They make when you make a craft soda, you don't make a diet. Yeah, it's all of it. cane sugar. Yeah, it's beautiful. Not aspartame. Yeah, I've got a lot of favorites. I would say I really like uh, I like all the Phillips ones. I really like the um, Anchor uh, Ginger Root Beer. It's okay. like a, it's a root beer, but it's got a little bit of a hint of ginger that in it. Sounds disgusting, but no, it's delightful. Sure. Trust me, you would like. Well, if you like root beer, you'd like it. It's delicious. I do like root beer. I also like Weinhard's root beer. That's I'm a getting good. Getting back into root beer lately. Nice. <laughs> also like Virgil's. Virgil's has a good Dr Pepper and a good root beer and a good cola, as well as uh, Crim City. That's uh, a base out of White Rock, actually, where I'm from, and they've got a few different good flavors as well. All right. Well, I think we should kind of kick off the episode this week sort of how we did last week uh, by talking about sodas for like 15 minutes. No. Uh, yeah. By I've... getting to the real good secret of the week. Oh, yeah. Th- I think that was a hit oh, segment. Right, yeah. That was a week. hit segment. Sam and this Anderson week is, is really good. Sam Anderson certainly was uh, enjoying the attention, I think. It, she seemed yeah, to in some ways. So. Maybe not uh, all the way. But uh, this we, we teased this last week. I sort of gave it away. It was, uh, you know, uh, an, an episode of Murder Most Foul this week in The Real Good Secret. And Stefan, have you oh, heard yeah, this, this one already? Yeah. You know, well, I read it. I thought it was fake. It's definitely not I mean, because... I guess there was- it's like a news story. Yeah, the person attached the news story related to the secret. Yeah. So. Right. So here it is. Yeah, this is This one good. comes to us from a mystery man who will not be identified. He's Even in, though he did send it from his actual yeah, email. Yeah, he, he didn't want to create a burner email, but he is an anonymous fella. Uh, and he says, I am a police officer in... Uh, City withheld. Yeah, city redacted. (laughs) And a few years ago, I responded to a missing person call. This guy's wife and girlfriend both reported him missing and said he was suicidal. Yeah, so he has a wife and a girlfriend. Important detail. He eventually called us himself and told us where he was. So I go out there and talk to him, and he seems fine. He said he just left to go clear his head, and that they were overly worried about him because he tried to overdose six years prior. He also said he was upset because his wife was sleeping with their pastor. So after talking with him for a few minutes and having him talk to a crisis counselor on the phone, we shook his hand and told him to go home, which he did. And then he immediately killed his wife, his girlfriend, and himself. Here's a news article about it. And yes, the pastor quoted in the article about what a good family they were is the one who was allegedly having the affair with his wife. So I guess it's his secret that I'm writing in about, so keep him anonymous too. And maybe change the name of the city to a worse one like Cleveland. This is probably way too dark for the podcast now that I think about it. I don't know if SeatGeek, the best way to buy or sell tickets to any major sporting event, would approve. (laughs) Well, uh... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like, when we first got that, I screen-capped it and sent it to Justin and Stefan being like, holy shit. Like, I just couldn't even imagine that a police officer would listen to our podcast. And like we said last week, you know, these letters sort of turning into penthouse forum letters was not entirely unexpected. Someone writing in about, like, a double murder-suicide that was they were completely unexpected. That they were involved in. Yeah. Like, that they maybe feel like they could have stopped, Done I guess, something or, more yeah. to prevent. 
But this uh, one is also kind of a penthouse forum letter because the priest was uh, allegedly doing stuff. True. Oh, yeah. And if you read the article, so the guy I think was in like his mid 40s. And so he had a wife around the same age. And then his girlfriend was in her mid 20s. And everyone just like it was obviously an okay arrangement because I believe the wife and girlfriend were both living at, at the house. Because you emailed the cop back and said. Yeah. He had a wife and a girlfriend, but was mad his wife was sleeping with someone else? Isn't that a bit weird? To which he says, trust me, I brought up that exact same point to him. (laughs) It must have been lost on him, I guess. I guess so, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's less that she's doing it and more maybe that she was doing it with a man of the cloth, perhaps. (laughs) You you would think think the priest would be above that sort of thing. He's just an average man who clearly has uh, no problems committing sins, as he later demonstrated. So that's probably fine on his end. But a priest should know better. I mean, I guess, yeah. yeah. It's not It's not like a penthouse forum thing. It's more like, uh, it'd be like, uh, Dear Guns and Ammo magazine, you'll never guess what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. what most of the letters to the editor at Guns and Ammo are. Hey, let me hear about this shooting I was indirectly involved in. Yeah, and I feel like last week, you know, when we got the secret, we tried to deal with it like uh, some like an advice column, maybe. Like, try yeah. to guide this gentleman through his conundrum. Clearly, we're much too late to this situation to do anything, but uh, clearly something that this police officer wanted to get off of his chest. And honestly, it makes me... Uh, a little more hesitant to say fuck the police knowing that uh, there's a good one out there who loves our show. <laughs> what, what, Is that something what you say often? <laughs> yeah, Just walking course. around like fuck the police? Yeah. When uh, the Las Vegas Police Union like filed their thing about Michael Bennett it was just like abolish the police. They're f- like they're fucked. They're just completely <laughs> fucked. They're beyond redemption. Uh, especially their unions because apparently but, there's but just no bad cops out. ever. Yeah, that's where you found out one of them, a single one of them, listens to our show. Yeah, yeah. and now you're like, you're all like, police wow. are good. Okay. Yeah, now blue lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, okay, if we were in the position to give advice to that guy, uh, not to the not to the guy who wrote the letter, but the guy. Yeah. Uh, my piece of advice would be, uh, just like, go maybe check out a different church. <laughs> I you say, know, I say, go for. Uh, I say, go for an orgy. Why not mix it up a little bit? You know, maybe you're into that. Like you don't know. Yeah, have I a- wonder if. Uh, do you think the pastor had to go to confessional in his own booth and had to keep running back and forth between the two little <laughs> rooms? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, like if they. Do you think they had sex in the church? Oh, yeah, obviously. You're. Pa- what else do you become a pastor for? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Twenty-four hour access to that confession booth for sure. Yeah. Have you guys ever done confession? No. I thought you were going to ask us if we ever fucked in a church. Well, or that. Can't say. Uh, Can't say I've done never done. Either. No. I, uh, what's, what are the, uh, what are the Greek Orthodox ones called? Churches. Oh, okay. No, never mind. That. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go in. I thought you were going to do a graveyard angle there. That's what I thought you were going for. Like, oh, well, the cemetery was attached to the church. Out back. That's uh, that's disgusting, John. That's that's gross. Yeah, that's well, really gross. I don't. You seem like the type of guy that you would was, have had sex you in a graveyard. Sick mind, John. I don't. No, I would never. 
Who has access to a graveyard? Lots of people. It's not hard to go to a graveyard. Yeah. I mean, grave diggers, for one. Undertakers. Or just people. You can just go to graveyards. But they get locked up after hours, I'm pretty sure. They got short fences, probably. Maybe. I do have a friend whose parents got engaged in a graveyard on their first date. And are they still together? Yeah. Are they from, like, the 1930s? No, they're from Finland. But, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well. But, yeah, she, her parents, yeah, I guess they went on a date, and they were going for a walk, and they just ended up walking through a cemetery. They found a bench. They were sitting on the bench. And I guess the dad said to the mom, like, or I guess at this time they didn't have children. The man said to the woman, like, hey, I think I really like you. I'd like you to be my girlfriend. And she was like, yeah, I like you too. Okay. And then they were walking along a little more. And then he was like, I think actually I would like you to be my wife. Do you want to get married? And she was like, yep. And they've been married for 30 years. They have four kids. What the, what the fuck? Like the cemetery is the least weird part of that. Yeah, right? Getting engaged <laughs> on your first date? Yeah, I don't. Well, and the fact that they're still together. Yeah. It's fucked, eh? It's impressive. That's, it is uh, impressive. I wanna, I'm going to raise a glass to the, the Finnish uh, graveyard couple. <laughs> and Simple as, as croix yes. to those Finnish graveyards. <laughs> yes. I don't know what... Lovebirds. I'm going to see what uh, Cheers is in Finnish. Uh, uh, English. I have to say, though, it's, it's at the same time, it's, it's kind of like... You know what? Like you're just living up to all your country's stereotypes. Like I'm so tired of hearing about fucking Finnish people getting engaged in graveyards. So <laughs> I know it's r- insane. Uh, cheers in Finnish is kippis. Kippis. So kippis to you. Kippis. Is there, are there like multiple vowels in a row there? No, it's like just K I P P I S. We can any uh, any dot? I mean, there's dots above the I. No, are there the, no, no the dots. dots. Are there, are there, are there lines no, through the, any of the P's? No, it's just regular. Let's listen. Keep is. Keep is. Yeah. Keep uh, is. Yeah, exactly. Cat piss. Yeah, keep this. It's like when you go to Florida, set the south of Florida, and then you have to urinate. Well, it's a keep piss. I'm sure that uh, there was a lovely crowd that gathered to watch them uh, have their wedding ceremony. People come together okay. and, and, uh, and, and view. You can the, come in. Heather just got the, home the from ceremony. grocery shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in. It's fine. It's and, fine. Put your groceries away. Don't worry about it. We don't care. And speaking of crowds. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> by the way, where did they get married? Because like, they got engaged in the graveyard. Oh. They got married in, uh, in like, morgue? That's a good... Uh, yeah. yeah. The they morgue. got married in the morgue, definitely. No, uh, they didn't. No. They I don't know. ceremony I don't know. in the mausoleum. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't there, so I don't know, but... Yeah, maybe. Maybe they got married in their graves. Isn't that like a tradition of some people? (laughs) (laughs) That they like dig their graves as they get married in there first and then... Or maybe I'm just inventing that from The Office. I feel like that's what happened in The Office. I'm not sure. Dwight and Angela were going to get married in their grave or something? I can't remember. That happened in the the Finnish office, which is just the office (laughs) with an umlaut over the (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The Oofus. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oofus. Yeah. Absolutely, I love you know, uh, Mikhail. <laughs> Mikhail Scott is my favorite character. Um, <laughs> I was trying so hard to transition to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, do it to our SeatGeek ad this week, of yeah, course. Yeah, do the ad. Uh, not that it's an ad because it's something that we just talk about naturally every single week because we never run out of things to talk about when it comes to the ease and convenience of buying tickets on SeatGeek. True. What do you say, Stefan? 
Uh, I would say that. <laughs> In fact, you are, you always are, just constantly. It's all you ever talk about, is that there should be a better, simpler way to buy, because buying tickets to sports and concerts can be way too complicated. Well, guess what, Stefan? There is. Uh, what? Oh, you didn't let me say what. Oh, sorry. Let's, let's do a retake. Okay. Well, well, guess what, Stefan? There is. <laughs> <laughs> And it's SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. They help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. We all have the SeatGeek app on our phones, and it's by far the easiest way that we've found to shop for tickets, especially with the hockey season upon us and basketball just around the corner sports are back folks of course the nfl is in full swing now too there's no limit to the different kinds of tickets you can buy on this thing you just need to take a look i'm constantly looking to see what kind of deals i can get and SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever they save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals and to get you the most bang for your buck SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you identify the best seats that fit your budget plus every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence, unlike those other guys. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code REALGOOD today. That's promo code REALGOOD for an instant $20 rebate off of your first SeatGeek purchase. Do you guys know what that was? I didn't. It sounded familiar to me. Stefan? Uh, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty glitchy on my end, so I didn't. Oh, okay. uh, I, I'm not sure if that was how it was supposed to sound, but uh, no. Uh, Finnish Finnish artist. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Keeping here. with the theme. What is uh? What does the band name begin with? What is the singer name? H. 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 Uh. Uh, oh, is it him? Yeah. Good job, Stefan, yeah. even though you definitely Googled that. Yeah, I could hear you typing uh, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could all hear you I, tap, tap, no, tapping over you there on your keyboard. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I was looking up uh, porno. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed that uh, we really haven't, like, fucked with you during the ad in a long time. Like, I mean, I, I play a different song, but we never really, like... Well, it's harder when we're not all in the same room, I feel That's like. true. Stefan and I usually would just kind of, like, try and fuck with you and... Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, back, for, I'm back for Thanksgiving, so... I don't know. Maybe we'll have time to possibly record something. Yeah, we definitely. You guys are should. you guys are invited to Thanksgiving again, so you guys oh. should come over. Yeah. We should record an episode there, at least a bonus episode. Yeah, that I absolutely be... want to do that. Yeah, the Heck family Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving at yeah. your parents' place last year was just incredible, both as a meal and a cultural experience. Yeah, I miss Thanksgiving, but I was there for Christmas, and I'm pumped for that. So yeah, I'm in. Um, also that weekend, if you guys are, when do you get back Stefan on Thanksgiving weekend? I, I'm back on the Friday and I've got a, a family thing to go to on the Friday. Oh. And, and then Saturday is, uh, is me and Irene. That's like our day. And oh. then, uh, you're missing Sunday. The, you're missing the, you're missing the Canucks season opener. What is that? What day is that? The fifth? It's on the, the Saturday, the, sixth? The, se- the seventh, the home opener against the Oilers. That's on the Saturday. Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, I'm trying to remember if Irene still listens to these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yes. Sorry, I didn't mean because she's been commenting on things. In the I didn't mean to sue her. No, I know she has. She has. She's gonna. She's gonna text me. Uh, I was just. I love you, baby. And uh... <laughs> that was the most reluctant baby I've ever heard. Yeah, I love you, ba- I don't baby. Know if I'm baby on the on the on the pod, but I just did. So. Uh, what the fuck in any case, gun to your head? No, no, I, I, no, I'm just trying to. Okay, so there's a. They're playing the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're playing McDavid. Yeah, so she, she understands. I can. Okay. Well, I've got the day with. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll um. We'll sort. Uh, just, just. Uh, I'm not going to the game, Irene. You're spending <laughs> quality time yeah, with yeah, your yeah. father inside an arena. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like that's, family time. That's completely different. It's totally fine. Yeah, you're good. Um, well, we'll see. I was also, uh, that's, uh, yeah, I didn't think that it was reluctance to call Irene baby. I think it was just reluctance of Stefan saying the word yeah, baby. Yeah, he, he did not yeah. seem very comfortable. I call, I call her baby all the time, but just like on, it's just not like a, pu- like I don't, it's not like a public thing. You call yeah. her baby? That's that your go-to term of endearment? Uh, baby or uh, occasionally monkey. That was oh monkey. That was okay. like the podcast equivalent of like her saying "I love you" over the phone and you being with people and very sheepishly being like, "Yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I, lo- I love you. Too. I love you too, baby. <laughs> ba- baby." She like makes you. Well, say I would say that. No, yeah, the, the baby part is the hard part. Yeah, she makes you say "baby." You're like, "I love you," and then and then there's like a pause, and you're like, "I, I love you, baby." <laughs> exactly yeah Um, yeah yeah. no that makes sense Uh, because i was gonna say on the friday night uh past guest of the show michael rasmussen will be in town with the tri-city americans to play the vancouver giants so i believe i will be attending that game well speaking of uh trying to make plans while stefan is back in town uh let's thank our donors this week oh yeah shit Mm -hmm. i'm off i'm i'm not on the ball i wasn't gonna oh yeah Thank you for donating to the show. To the show. You work hard for your money. That we know. That, that we know. This segment's where we read out all your names. All, all your names. If we say it wrong, your parents are to blame. Fuck, Fuck your, your parents. parents. <laughs> and we got a slew of new donors we this do. week. We do. Thank you so much to everyone for donating to our show. And we're going to have a new uh, mailbag by the time you hear money. this as well. Yeah, we're recording a mailbag tonight. It's going to be a good time. Uh, thank you to Alec Barkley. Alec Barkley. Sounds like a rich nobleman. Thank you, Alec. He sounds uh, like a like 1970s NBA star. Uh, yeah, Alex English and Charles Barkley. Sure. Um, so thank you, Alec. I was thinking more Barclay. Right. Like a, like Alec a, Barclay. Like a white man name. Alec Barclay III. <laughs> um, thank you, Alec. We also, Andrew Ovens, I believe is a longtime listener, maybe even a former donor. I don't remember, but he pledged $5. So thank you to Andrew mm-hmm. He's been cooking uh, up that donation for quite a while. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something horrible about the ovens thing. Uh, we received a $5 pledge from Max. Uh, thank you to Max. Mystery I'd, Max. Mystery Max, yeah. Uh, and now we get into some significant pledges. Uh, we just got a new T-shirt level pledge uh, from Kevin Ooh. Johel. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin. I mean, it might just be Joel. Um, Kevin Joel, maybe. Yeah. Kevin 
Jehel. Jehel. Uh, thank you for pledging. $17.16. I feel like there must be some sort of significance behind that number. 17.16. Yeah. yeah. Did anything important happen that year? <laughs> here's, here's what it was. May 28, 17.16. Uh, John Churchill, the first Duke of Marlborough, suffers a paralytic stroke. That's it. That's definitely That's the reference. It's gotta, I mean, it's got to be the one. <laughs> that has to be it. And uh, again, another thank you to our largest donor, Rohit Bhatti, who has upped his pledge to $111. Largest in terms of like monetary contribution. I'm yeah. sure he's a Rohit, gentleman who's in, the man. He's in great shape. He's not our yeah, fattest yeah. donor. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no. But he does have a small penis. Who is penis. our fattest donor? He has a small <laughs> penis. He made sure to tell us that last time he donated. If you think you are our fattest donor, please do write in and let us know. Yeah, who is our fattest donor? Which of our donors has the biggest wang? Tell us that as well. Let's measure this out. This is a segment. This is, this is going to be a bonus episode. Who is our fattest list? Our donors donor. just send us uh, naked pictures of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Because like I, if I think if I donated to the show, and I t- actually I do, I donated a dollar to the show a month. Technically, still, I keep forgetting to cancel it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm the skinniest donor. Probably you might be the ti- certainly the tiniest overall. I don't yeah. know. We have a few female donors that might be smaller than seven. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but speaking of trying to make plans while you're back in town, uh, Rohit's latest uh, bump in his donation yes. also came with another letter. True. Which says, I changed my pledge to 111. And when Stefan comes back in town, I would love to take you three out to a sporting event or concert of your choice. Perhaps we could find it on SeatGeek. And the I tickets, would imagine we would. And he says, the tickets and <laughs> drinks are on me. P.S. Dr. Heck ain't shit. <laughs> he really wow. hates your okay. dad. I don't know why. Yeah, the beef with no, your I dad think, is think getting out of control. There's a, level, there's a level of respect there, I think. Like, I feel, I feel like it's, it's like, uh, it's like a, who, uh, who was Pete Sampras' rival? Was it Andre Agassi? Yeah. They liked each other, right? Like, begrudgingly. Uh, not really, actually. They hated each other for most of their careers. Oh, okay. Well, um, they're like, uh, uh, they're like Secretariat and, uh... Seabiscuit? And his owner. (laughs) His owner. It's like grudging respect. Uh, because Secretariat is, is, like, jealous of the owner for... Kind of being able to do what he wants, he like technically owns him, and the owner but is mad that the he owner is like, that he the can't owner's like, I want to be a horse. I wish I was a horse. <laughs> the owner has always wanted to be a horse, so this is kind of this. That's probably the, to me the closest. So uh, wait, are you yeah. saying that Rohit uh, wants to be uh, that Rohit wants to be like your dad? Like he secretly wants to be a psychologist? I think he said that that he is now Stefan's father. Technically, that is true. Actually, I think him. technically because yeah, so. Whoever has the highest, that's another, it's like a secret tier in, in the Patreon. Uh, but whoever is the highest donor is technically my uh, my father. Yeah, they just, so. uh, they sign over the adoption certificate. Yeah. <laughs> they so. just, they just pass it back and forth. So right now when I'm, when I'm back in, uh, in Vancouver for Thanksgiving, I'm going to go to uh, the Oilers game uh, with my friend, Paul. <laughs> And then the next night, you're going to go to a game with your dad, Rohit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So, I, uh, I, I like so this. You know what? Pa- that's worth it for me. Patreon tier. Yeah, I will donate. Patreon tier is, 
If you can, if you have the highest donation monthly, uh, you're my dad. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to do this at Thanksgiving. It's going to be great. I, when everyone's sitting around the table at Thanksgiving, I'm going to officially donate $112 and then demand dad. that Elizabeth and Paul hand over the adoption papers. <laughs> like there's a, the deeds to a yeah, human. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, me and Paul are going to race. I'm going to race him in his Corvette for the pinks. <laughs> but in this case, it's adoption certificates. And my birth, I'll put my birth certificate on the line. No, and then I'm going to donate uh, the highest amount, so I'll be my own. <laughs> well, that is what you call yourself when you're masturbating, isn't it? Um, no, I, uh, I'm, I pretend that I'm like fucking a woman. He very reluctantly calls himself I'm not, baby. Like, talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, baby. <laughs> I'm not, like, and also, if I was calling myself dad, uh, that would be I, I would be voicing my hand. I would be like, okay, this is the ha- this is my fist. Yeah, yeah. Saying yeah. saying like, oh, like, yeah, like fuck me, dad. Yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. would be that would be my fist saying that. That but wouldn't be me saying that. I, pl- I, I would be I'm because I'm fucking my fist, so it'd be my fist being like, yeah. Like, but Stephanie, yeah, give it to me, dad. <laughs> don't you? Why does he say it like he wants to go play catch after? <laughs> don't you? Oh, give it to me, dad. Does. He's my he's my fight. He's a hand. Of course, he wants to go play catch. Don't don't you have some <laughs> level of concern that if you were to become the number one donor, you would also just like cease to exist that it would create some sort of like uh um you know paradox that would wipe you out of uh the entire human history i think i think that only happens if there's a uh, polaroid photo of you somewhere standing next to your siblings so i, I think i'm safe <laughs> jesus christ all right well i cannot uh wait to just roll through town uh with rohit as like one of his biba boys yeah. Oh, absolutely. Be a great night. Uh, I that was. Uh, that. I gotta say, that was the best donor segment ever, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you to all of the donors <laughs> this week, and um, Thanks, Dad. of course we we got some sports to talk about this week because Kevin Durant uh, really really stepped in it. But before we talk about that, do you want to talk about this China game, Stefan? Well, I just want to know because I didn't watch it at all. I know it apparently it sucked. Was it? Did you watch it or you were just like? Like, was it foggy on the ice? Uh, that was the practice. The first practice okay. earlier in the week uh, in Shanghai, the ice for the Canucks session anyways, like, was not quite settled, and there was just fog everywhere in the arena. Yeah. But by the time the Kings took the ice, it was fine. Throughout the game, I was actually surprised at how good the ice was. Like, I thought bouncing pucks would be a huge issue. But no, the biggest issue was just uh, the refs, um, because... The yeah, game. didn't they call like 50 penalties? Yeah. I guess there, they're doing all the ticky tacks. There, there were right? a million slashing calls in that game. The Canucks went 1 for 12 on the power play, which is just a great indication that Newell Brown is going to turn this ship around this year. Uh, but it's just like this whole thing, and even the players will fully admit that this is like a PR exercise to try and build uh, like a Chinese market for hockey. You're not going to do that by. Like icing a product that has absolutely no flow, that is just penalty after penalty after penalty, because like the, that crowd really did want to love the game. They cheered wildly for literally every single body check, but the whole thing was just disjointed. Special teams. I watched the game. Uh, I didn't get up at three thirty to to uh, do the the broadcast. I literally just never went to bed. So it's been a long day for me because I've had a three-hour nap in the afternoon and 
and that's about it. I've been awake for like 27 of the last 30 hours or something like that. It's a good ratio. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that you do that sometimes, and I'll have to do it again on Friday when the game uh, is in uh, Beijing. So look forward to that on Friday night slash Saturday morning. Um, I know but, I am. But, yeah, we, <laughs> we just took the TV feed, uh, Shorthouse and Garrett, and Shorthouse, like, spoke Chinese a little bit during the puck drop. So, like, it's just, I don't, it's, you talked about this a little bit when you went on your wild rant last week, but it seems like for two teams that are on the West Coast and have an extraordinary amount of travel already, to do this for games that you're, like, almost tacitly admitting don't matter at all, you know, as much as, like, I made fun of you for throwing in the towel on the season after preseason game number two, it sort of seems like the teams are doing that also. Because, like, this is an amount of travel that will set you back in a way that you will never be able to recover from for the rest of the year. I'm, uh, honestly, like, I, I'm i fine with, uh, with the Canucks uh, tanking their own season from the start by traveling across the world to, to get beaten by the Kings. Like <laughs> I, that's any, anything they can do to guarantee a last place fish is, is fine by me. I'm, I'm going to, I know it's sound I gave up on the season, but I'm going to watch Brock Bester this year and I'm going to watch a lot of their prospects this year. Like I'm excited to watch uh, Peterson. He looks very good. Um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch draft prospects as well because like I think uh, you know I, we're not picking top three we we can say that now but we're gonna get someone like Adam uh, Boquist or uh, Ryan Merkley or something like that and they're gonna be dope and I'm uh, so I think I'm also I'm I'm just in a good mood right now too um, for whatever reason uh, I'm having fun on the podcast with you guys you guys you caught me at a good time oh okay and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously the season's going to be miserable. It's going to suck. But uh, I think just just seeing like the goal Besser scored against Calgary is like the nicest goal a Canuck has scored in like three years. Yeah. So um, to me, it seems yeah, like they I, they sent the wrong roster to China. Like they split the team in half with this kids roster and the veteran roster, and the vets are all on like vacation they're just like enjoying themselves in china and don't give a shit about playing these games probably and the kids who went to calgary had themselves a hell of a game and like an extremely entertaining product that's the roster that if you iced in uh shanghai and beijing the crowd would go wild for like nobody is flocking to hockey after the game that they saw last night i don't think no but I, like the Calgary Vancouver game was actually really good. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about the Canucks. I can hear John not saying anything. Yeah, so. yeah, because this is boring um, as fuck. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I I do have to. I want to say again, I'm very happy because I don't know you haven't announced yet on this. Oh yeah, podcast. I put it out you're, on the in the group. I am yeah. uh, the studio producer for Sportsnet uh, Canucks broadcasts for the entire season. And, Which is so badass. Like and, that's so fucking cool, man. And I will be doing probably uh, like producing and co-hosting some call-in shows and stuff as well. So uh, you know, Chris James and people like that can uh, harass me at some point in the future too. I look forward to that. So can I can I guest on a, a ten forty show of some sort? I feel as though I've I've built up enough uh, cachet. Well, I don't work there, so that. you're asking yeah, the wrong you, question. You could guest on a ten forty show, maybe. No, I'm sorry, six ninety. I'm, I'm I'm just used to the one sports. Station. Jesus, Stefan, six fifty. Come on, six fifty. Well, whatever. I, okay, 
Look, I'm in a different country, so. Yeah, no, I feel like you are the perfect voice of, like, the pessimist fan. So I'm going to make this commitment to you right now, Stefan. John's yeah. already been on the station. That's I know, true. that's what I was thinking, too. You guys have all been on. So it's, now it's you're the odd man out. It's yeah. only fair yeah. for you to come in yeah. now, too, and, uh, and really just. And I mean, I know, I know a few of those through. guys. A few of those guys know who I am. Oh, so. yeah. Sadiar. So, like, I've got a bit of an in. Yeah. Sadiar Shah, I think, has a lot of respect for you and, and your pessimism, I think. And he's a good guy. I think you would. I don't, uh, I don't respect just the right word, but sat uh, sat rules. He so. recognizes you. Okay, I'll I'll take that. <laughs> Acknowledges your existence. Let's let's leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, if you fine. guys were in yeah. the same room, okay. he would give you a head nod. Exactly. Ah, there you know what? Is. I, that's that sounds great. Yeah, he knows you from Twitter, and uh, you know. Speaking of Twitter, let's talk about Kevin Durant now because that's yeah. a much more interesting story this week. Yeah, yeah this is the Durant. most I've, the most I've ever related to a pro athlete. Yeah, where sure. KD, it looked like if you hadn't heard if you haven't heard the story, it looked like he had set up a shadow account to respond to people who at uh, replied to his main account. I knew that I had something special, and when uh, I, started I don't going know into gyms, what the hell is I going on, Justin. I'm I'm on Bleacher Report, and I just had an autoplay video. Oh, okay. There. So he looked like he was creating a shadow account to respond to people who were talking shit to him on his main account, uh, giving actual reasons why he left Oklahoma City. Yeah, he clearly And he trashing has, the coach and all of the players on the team not named Russell Westbrook. He has multiple shadow accounts to respond to people to say the things that he would like to say but cannot publicly say. And, you know, Stefan, you're a man with multiple Twitter accounts, right? Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's why I relate to it. I mean, not, not so much the multiple Twitter accounts thing, because like my multiple Twitter accounts, it's like, you know, that the, that I'm behind that account. Of course. Uh, I don't like hide behind those accounts, but, but, but have you obviously ever... like, I'll, I'll like look people up and like, I'll go into people's accounts and be like, you motherfucker, I'm going to fucking hunt you down and murder you. Have, have you, I hate you so much. Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was something else. I was, I'm not talking about this. Have I'm you, have you something. ever posted from the wrong account by accident? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Or like um, when uh, yeah. when Keith Ellison's like social media manager accidentally retweeted the Benny Hanna up in this bitch tweet from yeah. Keith, from Keith Ellison's uh, account. Have I've you done like, stuff like that? You've retweeted uh, from the wrong account. Yeah, occasionally I'll tweet about the Canucks on my main account. Like I'll do it on purpose sometimes, but every so often I'll do it by accident, and it was clearly meant for a hockey dipshit, and. <laughs> And then I have to kind of like roll and like lean into it. And it's like, yeah, no, I, I meant to say, uh, hey, remember Curtis Sanford <laughs> to 95,000 people? Hey, man, maybe they, maybe they do. And maybe they really appreciate that. Um, so- uh, but yeah, in any case, I totally understand what Durant's doing. And I'm sure most athletes have those secret accounts or at the very least just like look at people's accounts and are like, you fucker. Yeah, the, you. the question that he responded to was from Cole Cashew, who said, man, I respect the hell out of you, but give me one legitimate reason for leaving OKC other than getting a championship. Because, you know, we've complained on this show over the last, like, several months that Durant has basically, like, ruined basketball by making it too predictable. But I feel like his Twitter almost like saved basketball this week by making it at least Absolutely. funny yeah. again. 
because uh, yeah, he responds. One hundred percent. He responds with, "He didn't like the organization or playing for Billy Donovan. His roster wasn't that good. It was just him and Russ. Imagine taking Russ off that team. See how bad they were. KD can't win a championship with those cats. First of all, love the use of with those cats. Yeah, it's just it's always good when you're yeah. calling people cats. <laughs> just I love how casual it is. Uh, but also like as as funny as it is that he." did this from his own account, nothing that he said is really wrong from, like, an analyst perspective. Like, there there probably was a window for the Thunder to win a championship when they still had Harden, when, they, when like, that trio was all together. But uh, ultimately, they're, like, left with nothing other than Russell Westbrook, who is a, a genuine, insane person uh, now that he's on his own and is on, like, a worldwide revenge tour. He's he's on the WCW-NWO revenge tour right now. Uh, and it's beautiful to watch him do that by himself. But uh, Durant's uh, points there, largely not wrong at all, I don't think. And very... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's good. I, I think that, you know, we're in the infancy of social media. I think eventually we're going to see athletes that legitimately don't give a shit and use their social media in that way. Um, I don't think we're too far away from that happening. I don't think it'll maybe happen in like the NHL, which is super boring, but certainly in the NBA or the NFL. I mean, obviously there are some athletes who are already, pardon me, pretty outspoken on Twitter and stuff, but I, I think you'll end up seeing people being like, yeah, no, I just hated it in OKC and my coach was a piece of shit. And like when did that well, just uh, be accepted? Logan Logan Couture has a uh, separate account for tweeting out porn videos. So. <laughs> no, he does that on his own account. Oh, I see. No, but you think he did it but by No, but he learned he learned from that. So now uh, he logs into that account and then uh, opens a Pornhub window and then uh, is the only person in human history to click uh, the share button below a, a pornographic video. Hey, man, he just really you know, wanted you know, everyone to see it. Share button below the. It's share with your friends. Uh, what you're watching. Yeah. D- didn't Kurt Eichenwald do that as well, or was it another one of those uh, like centrist? No, that was the that was the the the, uh, the, the ten- no, that was the tentacle uh, the, porn. The tentacle porn. Who was you're Angela and Strawberry? Josh, Josh Marshall. That was Josh Marshall. Oh uh, yeah, talking points memo. And I gotta give him credit because he he leaned into it. He took the jokes and the abuse, and the tweet is still up. Yes. He did not delete. The he tweet. never so deleted I, the tweet. So I I respect him. Like magnitudes more than I than I did before because he has not deleted that tweet. So. Who are we talking about? Josh Marshall. Oh, gotcha. Yes. Um. But one last note on Kevin Durant. Uh, he did publicly apologize for slagging and, uh, and owned it for slagging his manager. He did apologize for that. He said he regretted that and like and and you know being specific about things. It wasn't fair to the people that he threw under the bus, even if it was entirely correct. He did regret that. But there was another uh, thing from him this week uh, that I don't even know where this came from. I saw it uh, posted by former guest on this show, Jeff Vayette. Uh, it was some some sort of like ask me anything sort of thing that he did where he says, oh, yeah. uh, appreciate the love on the new KDs. Fun fact, since I broke my foot, I wear orthotics instead of regular insoles, so I won't be stepping on my haters this year. Ha ha ha. Just a gift from us to you to let you know that your voices have been heard. Enjoy your day. To which someone comments, who cares what people think? Just do you. Someone of your stature shouldn't worry about stuff like that. And Durant comes back at him with, someone of my stature. 
I play basketball. I got acne. I grew up with nothing. I'm still figuring myself out in my late 20s. I slide in DMs. I make fun of my friends. I drink beers and play Xbox. I'm closer to you than you think. <laughs> Which Man, I, I want to fucking hang out with Kevin Durant. Yeah, he sounds fucking rad. Well, sorry, guys, but he's on my team. So <laughs> you guys can both go to hell. Kevin's going to be hanging out with me and the boys. Oh. I will say it was nice of him to apologize to Billy Donovan, but then in the comments on uh, the article about the apology, there was a guy called Dunkboy25 saying, like, yeah, he didn't mean it. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. A little suspicious that he might be back on his bullshit. Yeah. Every every Duran article, Dunkboy25 just seems to appear out of nowhere. Yeah, what's happening? To say exactly what, he, what Kevin Durant secretly thinks. <laughs> well, speaking of people being salty. Oh, yeah. Our clip of the week this week. Comes to us uh, from a former yeah. clip of the week. And not that long ago. It was only about uh, 10 episodes ago when we last saw this person. Yeah, and I, w- I was talking about this earlier <laughs> today with you, John. Uh, that the, His previous appearance on the clip of the week really made me like love this gentleman. Right. Uh, but maybe it was just a clip crush. And I've moved on because my feelings are fickle. Because this clip, while certainly entertaining, kind of makes me hate him and everything he stands for. We are, of course, talking about Don LaGreca, who gets back into Clip of the Donnie. Week. Honors this week on the Michael K show. And once again, Michael K just sitting there and just grinning and bearing it as uh, LaGreca becomes extremely unhinged. And we will hear a little bit of that right now. To throw the football. Come on, stop it already. All right, everybody's coming up with these stuff. Oh, well, this offensive lineman, only 27% of the time was Eli pressured from his left side on Monday nights when Sean McDonough's the announce. Stop. Stop creating some narrative that you, everybody knows football better than somebody else. Your eyeballs tell the story. The offensive line sucks. Period. That's my stat. You want a stat? You want sabermetrics? Offensive Don Le- at Don LeGreca tweeted last night or said on the Michael K show, offensive line stinks. That's the stat. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Uh, what is it? The Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem. That the Red <laughs> offensive line, that their record should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem. That the Wait, Giants offensive line, that their record should be one oh. When I talk when I talk Pythagorean theorem, I sound like the people that trust the Pythagorean theorem, the people that listen to the Pythagorean theorem, the people that sit there at their desk, that only know the naked body through National Geographic, that do the math to come up with the Pythagorean theorem. That's what they sound like. Quit it. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40 years. That's one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. And they have not gone this long without scoring 20 points since 77-78 when Joe Pasarczyk was their quarterback. Patterson played Joe. So take that with your Pythagorean theorem. The Joe Pasarczyk theorem. You're dead. Let's go to Joe. I, I was watching it at the same time, so I so I could hear it better. And uh, the little sip of water right at the end, yeah, so Perfect great. Cap. I also think like he's it's great when you watch the clip because he's like spitting everywhere, like every hard syllable, he's just spitting all over everything. Also, take that for your Pythagorean theorem uh, is like almost the exact 
phrasing as take that for da- take that for data, but just coming yeah. at it from the complete opposite direction. Yeah. And like I do sort of understand what he's saying in that like sometimes when you see like these ESPN stat accounts or whatever tweet out that like such and such quarterback is uh, you know, undefeated on Mondays when it rains for half the day but gets sunny later on. Like they there is like an absurd measure of statistics to some degree, but to then use that to throw away all statistics uh, and advanced stats and, and sabermetrics and that sort of thing also seems uh, uh, tossing out the baby with the bathwater, as it were. Um, so, fuck you, Don LaGreca. You made me love you, and now I have to kill you. Well, I also think it's like, I mean, could you really not come up with, uh, could you really not come up with anything better than uh, than uh, the Pythagorean theorem. Like, who actually... Like, that has nothing to do with it at all. Like, it's just so stupid to me. Like, it has nothing to do with analytics whatsoever. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he just thought of uh, the only thing from math class he could possibly remember. Yeah. Which... Uh, uh, and then he's basically... Like, he's kind of doing... Like, he's doing a mentally handicapped person's voice, yeah. right? Like, that's the... I mean, that's very... Well, that's kind of, And then that, when you watch him, he's kind of doing the same sort of thing. Like, I, he, I was waiting for him to do kind of the... The classic, uh, which is it's bad, but the arm off the chest move. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the Trump, like, the Trump thing when he's yeah, talking about that. Like that's basically what it looked like. And, yeah, and uh, then the face, the, his facial expressions certainly uh, get that across. Very discomforting all around. I mean, that was that was unreal. That's that's definitely a clip of the year contender. I think we will hear it again come year end. Where exactly? I- we will wait and find out. I'm also I'm also kind of thinking at the end of this year we should do a bonus episode where it's our all time greatest clips. Ooh, yeah, that's gonna take some serious research. Cause, cause, oh yeah, not that but I'm we can also you know we'll, no no and but we can also post it in the group too and 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 get some people to to chime in some of the fans to chime in. I think you're onto something here. I like it, but uh, let's let's move on. I think that'd be a fantastic episode. Yeah. Let's move on from our clip of the week, though, and get into our top three questions of the week. Hey, yo, it's the top three questions of the week on Real Good Show. You know what the fuck it is, bitch? (laughs) We murdering CFL podcasts up in this motherfucker. Russell, look out. John, anything good in the mailbag this week? You know there is not. Um, there's, right. a, there's a lot in the mailbag. There's mail a lot in the mailbag. Not not uh, as good as some previous outings, but we are going to – the mailbag episode we're recording tonight I think will be very good. Um, this question comes in from last year's or last half year – no, last year's question asker of the year, Jason Wickman at Yaya Sucks, and he asks, in a game of Survivor featuring the hosts and all the previous guests – who wins the million dollars, and who is the first voted off? And I'll go. Uh, I'm, voted off, I'm voted off first. See, I would say I get voted. Yeah, off I, first. I was gonna go with John also. Like, unless my team wins the first like six challenges, and I can actually warm up to the team, I'm probably getting voted off first. Because, like, yeah, you're a good guy deep down, but you're such an antagonizing force on this show yeah. that. I do feel like uh, there would be some some secret ill will against you that would come out. Oh, absolutely! The and I'm I'm definitely gonna Richard Hatchet, and I'm just gonna be naked the whole time. 
So people probably going to enjoy that. I'm going to throw down uh, a bit of a wild card for the winner here. Gonna, uh, after last week's episode, I feel as though I owe this to him. I'm going to say Jesse Farrar is going to win. Oh, Because really? uh, I'm, in, a, I'm in, a, in like a group slack with him. And after he listened to the episode, he was like, uh, holy shit, to the RGS question of the week. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you fantasized about murdering me for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's true. Which I guess is true. But I mean, eventually. Uh, well, he... technically, technically, it was multiple use. Yeah, Jesse, and eventually but... he overpowered and murdered us. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think we're even, but I'm going to say that you win uh, Survivor uh, RGS. Yeah. Because uh, you're, you're, you're wily, and I feel as though you could kind of like curl up into a ball like an armadillo. Uh, <laughs> what does I guess that that's mean? That's, a, that's about it. But um, What is the benefit of that? Because the then no one's going to like notice him, and, and they're going to be too busy voting each other off, and then... He'll get up out of his little uh, armadillo curl. He's very flexible. He's actually super flexible. Yeah, yeah. You keep, you like keep, above his head, you keep so. bringing that up a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's very flexible. It's weird that Richard Hatch was able to win considering he was like naked the entire time. Oh, the whole time. You'd think that would be, a, a, like you said, a cause for early dismissal. Yeah, that was such an interesting... Man, the first couple seasons of Survivor were so awesome. <laughs> I, I just loved it so yeah. much. Uh, yeah, and it was such a cultural force too. Yeah. And then oh, huge! Like after season three, I want to say that just fell. I know off people that cliff. have watched every single season. That is crazy. Guy on my guy on my curling team has watched every single season, and every season he has a pool with the same people, and they pick who they have a draft, and they pick who they think is going to win, and it's like a big deal. That's pretty wild, and they love it. How many? There's probably been like thirty of them. More. Right it's now. almost forty now. I think. Holy fuck! Yeah, because it started in two thousand. One, I want to say. Okay. So, yeah. I, I think I know who's going to win. Uh, I'm going to go with Melissa Stetton, who was, of course, a guest back on uh, our episode 50 Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she is, like, a charming and pleasant person, but also, like, cunning and devious and would have all sorts of, like, schemes going into this. And she's also... Uh, a big like reality TV show person, I feel like True. as well. Super into like the Bachelorette. So, so. this is uh, this is season thirty-five. Holy shit! And it premiered in the year two thousand. Yeah. So I was close. It's like two per year at least, more yeah. than two per year. Yeah. Wow. Did you pick a winner, John? For for who's gonna win this thing overall? Survivor. Oh no, I haven't. Um, but I think I have the right answer. I think Melissa's good. But I think the person that's going to win is uh, Jackson Playfair. Oh yeah, because uh, he's extreme. Yeah. He's extremely likable. He definitely though has like a cunning side to him for and, sure. Like you know he'd play the game, and once it gets to the individual challenges, he'll probably win all of them. Yeah, his athleticism is really going to carry him through yeah. a lot of those challenges. Because yeah, if you think about like most of our guests are comedians and people in bands, yeah. so like not the most in shape people out there. And I would say a dark horse pick would actually be Steve Sladkowski. He's a very intelligent dude, and I think he could go. And he's also athletic. He played high school uh, basketball, and he was a he could have possibly played college baseball. So he's a good like. So he'd be an under the radar choice, but I think Jackson would be the the one who would win. Of course, Richard Hatch is famously athletic. Also, <laughs> well, yeah, but th but but that was back when there wasn't as much emphasis placed on the individual challenges. That's like they still had individual challenges, but that's probably true. It wasn't until much later, and he manipulated. Like he was just in control of Kelly. Kelly kept winning them, and he was in control the whole time. 
I don't remember that because it's like 18 years ago now. But I remember it was it was front page news when he won. I remember that. Well, and like there, well, because there was the whole thing about Sue saying that like if uh, if Kelly was in the desert thirsty, yeah. she wouldn't give her a sip of water to if drink. If you were on fire, I wouldn't pee on you to put it out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember that one. Pretty great. Uh, and she had that thick Boston accent when she was doing it, so it was even worse. Anyway, <laughs> the next one comes in uh, from Brandon O'Connor, who with these 200 points moves into a tie for the lead with laid-back Luke. And his question is, you shockingly discover that your mother had an affair with an athlete of the past, resulting in her illegitimate pregnancy. What is the best guess as to who your biological father is? Be free to base this on either your mom's preferences or your own genetically acquired traits. And so I thought, okay, well, this would be a good time. I'll just look up the uh, 1983-84 Maple Leafs roster because uh, that, you know, that I lived in Toronto at the time and I was conceived in 1984. Actually, I guess I would have been conceived in 1985 in January. But... Uh, the one of the notable players on that Leafs team, the highest scoring defenseman on that Leafs team. Anyone want to take a guess? Uh, hmm. This is Ooh. who I'm going to say is my biological dad because I'm also a dumbass. <laughs> highest oh, scoring. Uh, give me give me a hint here. Give me a hint. High, high scoring defenseman. Highest scoring defenseman. He was 20 years old in that season. He scored 12 goals, 39 assists for 51 points. Wow. Uh, what's uh, his first initial? J. J. Is it? Is it... He's, a, he's a guy that... Uh, okay, well, you do you want to keep thinking or you want more clues? Uh, well, let's get some more clues here. Okay. I, so I want more clues, yeah. He's a guy that... He's Canadian, and uh, he's a guy that okay. you guys have talked about quite a bit. Hmm. J. His first initial is J. Yeah. Is it... A... Top scoring defenseman. Yeah. In 84. Yep. 83 84. 83 84 for the Leafs. For the Leafs, yep. You guys talk. Jim Benning? Yep, Jim Benning. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Jim Benning is my biological dad. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know he was that. I didn't know he was that good of a player, but uh, yeah, he had uh, 51 points in 83-84. He had 44 points in 84-85, and then it looks like he got injured in 85-86, and he was kind of never the same after that. Like a puck to the head, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had 25 points in 52 games in 85-86. So he was still scoring at about the same pace, and then he really fell off after that. Well, I didn't, I didn't um, realize he also played for Vancouver for four years. He did, and uh, that brings me to my answer. Okay. Uh, because uh, I'm adopted, as you know, so this could technically be true. This could uh, be true. So I, I would have been conceived uh, in, like, mid-'88. Um, and who uh, was playing for the Canucks, the Vancouver Canucks around then, uh, but a, uh, a defenseman named Jim Benning. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Stefan, we're brothers. <laughs> we are. Uh, I mean, Rohit is my dad, but like, I guess Jim Benning is my biological father. So. Damn, that's great. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say Yerky Lume because he kind of looks like he could be your dad. He was not on the team. At no, that, I know he so. wasn't. I know. He was a little after yeah, that. I got to be I gotta be accurate here. No, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. There was also another player on the uh on the Leafs at that time, Dan Doust, and he kinda looks almost exactly like 
I do. So I was a little bit, con- I was a little bit concerned that it might be him as well. <laughs> but yeah, what about you, Justin? I have been looking over the 1985-86 Vancouver Canucks roster because I probably would have, uh, I guess, technically 86-87 if if. If they got in early in the season, around October, then maybe that works. Right. Probably better. Uh, But uh, just looking over this roster, it's a pretty young team. There's only one guy in his 30s on the entire squad. Your Uh, mom was 30 when she had you? No. I'm not sure exactly. Probably, yeah, about that. Okay. My mom was only 22, so that's why the Jim Benning thing really fit the mold. Uh, Yeah, there's there's two people that would be in the age range probably uh, to to be in a romantic relationship with my mother at that time, and they are either Richard Brodeur or Yuri Bubla. (laughs) (laughs) Bubla, Bubla for sure. I'm looking up Yuri Bubla right now to see what he looks like. Yeah, you could have some and, European uh, blood in yeah, here. Yeah, actually, that might that looks about right. He's got uh, a similar hairline to me, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least back when he was younger, he has no hair at the moment. Oh, and yeah. That's probably where I'm trending well, as yeah, well. If you, if you look at the picture of you with sideburns, and yeah. then you take these pictures of him with these huge sideburns. Now, our facial features don't quite match no, up, but our, our hair definitely yeah. does. Yeah, hair for so sure. So I must have got uh, my mom's facial features and Yuri <laughs> Bubla's hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool as hell yeah um okay and the number one question of the week worth 300 points comes in from longtime listener andrew hamilton and uh this is uh, we've had a lot of uh hypothetical scenarios involving our teams winning the stanley cup yeah that's a favorite of people it's a favorite of people you know because they know that we're both uh or all three of us are long suffering uh fans of two teams and so I think that's why it's such a popular question. But this is uh, this might be the best hypothetical we've had. Uh, so the Canucks win the Cup or the Leafs. The Canucks or Leafs win the Cup, but you're not allowed to watch a single stitch of the season, and instead you have to spend the equivalent hours watching young Sheldon. Do you do it? Okay, sorry. Say that one more time. Okay, so, the, so the Canucks or the Leafs win the Cup, but you can't yeah. watch a single second of the season. Instead, you have to spend the equivalent number of hours watching young Sheldon. <sighs> Fuck. And that's this, that's this year. So that's yeah. like basically, okay, so, so there's 82 games in a season. Let's say that reasonably you could expect to be watching 70 of those. And then playoffs, you're probably watching every game. So that's about 30. So it's approximately 100 games. That times three times hours. Times three hours. So that's 300 hours. So you're going to watch 300 hours of Young Sheldon. And by the time that this rolls around, there will only be one season of Young Sheldon. So 22 episodes is typically a season. Now are they half an hour each. Are they creating new episodes just to fill the no. time that I know no. I have no. to watch so the So you're same watching the season. same. Uh, so it's there's only 11 hours of Young Sheldon content. So you have to watch the same 11 hours of the show 30, 30 times. times. Oh you God. know what? I'll, uh, I'm going to take my chances, and I'm, I'm going to say I'm not going to do it because I would rather have the chance at Rasmus Dahlin or Svechnikov, uh, which could create a, a more enjoyable experience down the road. But so, they're never going to win, though. This is like they don't win the cup if you don't do this. Oh, they don't win the cup if I don't do it. Yeah. They'll never win the cup if yeah. I don't do it. Oh. 
Uh, sort of similar okay, to the I'll reality do. that we currently live in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do it. I- I'll do it. Now, John, uh, I'm going to like treat you like you're the dungeon master of this scenario, basically. Okay. So you need to outline some further rules that might not be in the question. Okay. I'm not allowed to watch a single stitch of the season, but after they win the cup, like, can I see a photo of it? Yes. I'm, so I like there's color photos of the Canucks hoisting the Stanley Cup, and I am allowed to look at them? Yeah, it says you can't watch it. So I guess technically you could listen as oh, well. So I can... Can I have... The, you can listen, but you can still... Can I have the radio on while I watch Young Sheldon? No. No. Young Sheldon has to be sole focus. But then I can listen to the games afterwards. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I think, I think like, as a psychological experiment, Young Sheldon will eventually break me. Like, I right. might literally be a husk of a person by the end right. of this. But well, I might as well agree to do it as well, because then we can just make a podcast out of us watching Young Sheldon, which I like think, those guys did with Grown Ups. I think Devang wants us to do that anyways. Make a podcast about yeah. Young Sheldon? He, he <laughs> DM'd me recently and said, I want to be on your Young Sheldon podcast. And I was <laughs> like, I don't have a Young Sheldon podcast. He was like, oh, I think yeah. I'm... Yeah, let's do that as a bonus episode. I misread uh, one of your tweets. Because <laughs> it drops it drops September 25th, so let's do a bonus Young Sheldon episode. Yeah, I'm down. With DeVang? No. What? Yeah, no, with DeVang. DeVang wants to listen to it. He doesn't need no, to. No, he, okay. he said he wants oh, to he wants guest, to guest. On it. Okay, yeah. sure. He well, wants to be on the Young Sheldon sure, show. Sure, we'll bring DeVang in. All right, so look forward to that on the Patreon feed before yeah. too long. Yeah, and if people really like it, then we'll just end up doing it. That'll just be <laughs> that'll be just Patreon content. <laughs> Every people want. single week we watch Young Sheldon. <laughs> yeah, we're already doing this to ourselves. <laughs> anyway, we'll start with the first episode and go from there. Yeah. I can't watch old Sheldon. I'd rather stab my eyeballs out, so I can't imagine young Sheldon's going to be any good. Um, but anyway, uh, so yes, you get your wish, Hamilton. Oh yeah, all three of us said yes. We said yes. I think the payoff is like ultimately worth it. For, yeah, it's worth for the it. punishment. It's worth it. Yeah, but that's a lot of times. Yeah, but like as much as like young Sheldon is going to leave me as a bitter, broken husk of a human being. I mean, th- more than like four or five thousand people at this point have tuned in to watch the draft live stream. It's not like sports hasn't already done that to me. True. True. So you are a broken shell of a man. It's true. Uh, maybe not so much any longer though. I feel like I need to find a new gimmick now that I'm not a miserable failure. anymore. Yeah. Maybe I got to take over as the miserable failure. I think getting this job is probably bad for our content. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not great when we're all happy. I'm very content, but the content is terrible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But we will go from there into everyone's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch, the cherry on top of our cynical Sunday, where we pick the things we like from the world at large. One good thing. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. Gentlemen, what do you like this week? Uh, I like a game uh, for the Switch. It's like twenty dollars. I didn't. I didn't play the first one, but I. I uh, this was recommended to me. It's called Steam World Dig Two, ah. uh, and, and it's like this kind of platformer, but uh, you like mine, so you're like digging down. Uh, and uh, killing enemies and like upgrading your pickaxe and all this stuff and it's it's a good game to play on the go on the Switch. It's like an ideal Switch game. So. Nice. 
Yeah, I saw yeah. you tweet about that as your Stefan's game recommendation of the week. Yeah, Which that's is my that, new. Uh, is that a real thing? Is that a real thing? I think I, I had. An, I recommended another game at some point. I forget what it was, but it might have been Splatoon too. But this is my. Yeah, I'm going to recommend it on here also. Uh, Steam World Dig Two. All right. So if you have a Switch, which I don't think a lot of people do, but I might be wrong about that. You got it. Honestly, you guys should all pick. Like they, it's so fucking fun. I'm I'm going on two. Fl- I'm flying to Calgary next weekend and Vancouver the weekend after that, and I'm bringing the Switch on the plane, and I will be playing yeah, it'll NBA be sweet for and Steam World. And, yeah, and you yeah, keep you, you keep like messaging us in the group chat about how sweet it is to play Nintendo while you're sitting on the toilet. Also, yeah, it's that'd dope. be good. It's, it's what amazing. Do you, what are yeah. you going to Calgary for? Uh, a friend's wedding, actually. Uh, John uh, John Ryan Fry, who's in our ah. uh, our Facebook. He's, he's getting married. Cool. Uh, well, thank you for so the invite, John Ryan Fry. Early, May your <laughs> early congratulations to him and uh, to Marina. And yeah, May so your you wedding. guys won't be there. I'll be there. That's lovely. Though. May your wedding be attacked by locusts. I'm happy for both of them. I am not. Seems like that's a common thing is people join our Facebook group and then get married shortly afterwards. Yeah, he hasn't sent yeah. us any like engagement or marriage photos, but if he does, I will be happy that's to part, congratulate him on the real group. good bump. It is. Yeah. They, they may he may have gotten engaged before joining the group. Right, but now if he gets married, so. send a pic and that we'll counts. post it. Up I, on the I will. Group. I'll send a photo. Don't there'll be some photos. I bought a nice tie on the internet, so one floral I'm going to wear that. Nice. I am going to yeah. recommend a video game as well, and it is the home improvement game for Super <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> now, note that I have never played this game, uh, but uh, we were doing some research. Uh, Jared Hale brought it to our attention, and we were doing some research, and there are a lot of things that are pretty crazy about it. Uh, so here is the... Uh, I think the fact that it exists at all is crazy. Yeah, so the game is called Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit. Uh, so the show, uh, the game starts with a special broadcast of Tool Time, and Tim is preparing to unveil a new Binford tool line that bears his name, and he goes to get them only to discover that they're missing and that Tim needs to go find them. And these weapons include a nail gun, a blowtorch, and a chainsaw, <laughs> which hurls energy waves. These weapons are used to fight dinosaurs, acid-spewing mummies, robot sentries, and other enemies. It's like a platformer game. Of course, so all of these things that we constantly yeah. saw on Home Improvement yeah, week associate. after week. Exactly. Absolutely. So this is great. So uh, my, my favorite uh, uh, quote from the Wikipedia entry is, uh, the game had no instruction manual explaining the buttons. In its place, a fake manual was used with a sticker reading, Real Men Don't Need Instructions a message which also appears on the splash screen. And then I found a picture of it, and that's literally, yeah, they literally made a manual, put it into the the box, but then it said, you don't need this. Yeah. You're a real man. And even I was looking at it, like, <laughs> behind the sticker. Yeah, it's like a All fake. of the instructions are fake. Nothing about yeah, it seems real It doesn't at make all. sense. So yeah. I, I found an article about it on Gameological.com, which is the AV Club's video game website, and this guy plays it. 
and it's really funny. Uh, his way of explaining it is great. Uh, he says that uh, Tim is about to unveil his own line of Binford tools on the air, only to discover they've been mysteriously misplaced. So like most high-functioning adults, he throws a tantrum, storming off his set and onto other sound stages where his precious new toys have been spotted. So that the idea is he's on sound stages. Ah, That's why the there's all these. Sets. Yeah, so he is armed with a grappling hook, which is also a jackhammer, which is also a sparkly hammer that bats down bad guys. <laughs> In my spare time, I work with a group that teaches children creative writing and then performs the stories they write. I cannot tell you how many times elementary school boys give their characters these sorts of literal deus ex machina. And that is not enough. There are staple guns and flamethrowers to find, chainsaws that shoot waves of shocks, and endless bundles of dynamites to hurl. And they are used to take down beasts that would only set foot on the actual home improvement in a dream sequence. Dinosaurs, ghosts, robots, and other large flashy things to capture little boys' imaginations. How is this possible? Power Tool Pursuit explains away the presence of such fantastical creatures by fitting them into another show filming on another soundstage. Dinosaur Safari is the first, followed by one that looks like the inside of a pyramid in ancient Egypt. Tim Taylor can finally shoot alien robots with lasers on a space station. <laughs> as it was foretold <laughs> so uh pretty uh pretty great but reviews of the game are pretty good people thought it was people it's thought fun. it was pretty fun there's got to be an emulator for it out there uh yeah so and i will say last thing i'll say on it i checked the amazon.com reviews yeah and uh there was a great uh there was a great game or sorry a great review by joseph uh sonati somebody saying september <laughs> this 7th game gave me diarrhea <laughs> no i mean that would be great too but he says uh the title of the review is this game need the improvement <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well that is pretty uh that is pretty good. Well, ho so. hopefully we can look forward to that coming soon to the Stefan and Jesse Twitch stream. Yeah, it says We're it's great. Try and find a, a, a ROM, an illegal ROM, and play it. Yeah, do it. Because, yeah, he says, yeah. I got the instruction manual to get how to play the game, and guess what? It said real men don't need instruction manual. I was thinking, what the heck? It's a fucking kid's game. That's when I just sold the game at a garage sale for redacted dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like put little brackets with an ellipsis in it like I'm not going to reveal how much I sold this for. <laughs> uh, uh, I saw a tweet from Tim Allen recently which I think was brought to a, our attention in the Facebook group possibly. Somebody screen capped it and posted it in the Real Good group. Uh, it was a Tim Allen tweet saying that people still like I'm assuming, assuming he still does like stand up shows. Yeah, occasionally I think. Uh, yeah. And he's like people still love it when I do the Tim Allen grunt. Hashtag capital R, capital R, capital R, capital R, capital R. So that might be how he like wrote it out in the script yeah. also. It's just, just R, 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 R. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, he probably had, uh, a, few, sense, he probably yeah. had a few different ones. Because like, in The Simpsons, it's famously, Doe is famously written in the script as Annoyed Grunt. Oh, okay. And yeah. then Dan Castellaneta just invented like Doe or whatever. And uh, so Tim Allen, yeah, I wonder if he had different like there because he did on the show. There was like a ar, 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 of course ar, that's ar. like his like man chant. Yeah, basically. yeah exactly. And ar, then when, ar, 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 exactly. Ar, ar. And then when he was confused, it was the. Duh. Duh. 
And uh, so maybe he had like that too. That's just like, that's spelled uh, D-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-Y-W-A. That's like the forerunner for like doy. Yeah, basically. Doy. Doy. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to recommend a TV series this week. Sure. Uh, I am uh, just about to move into my new place uh, very, very soon, this coming Tuesday. So in my final week uh, living at my parents' house, I'm trying to take as much advantage of uh, HBO On Demand as I possibly can because I'm not going to have cable access in my new place. Uh, And I have been using that access to binge watch the entire series of Vice Principals with Danny McBride and Walton Goggins. And I am a huge fan of Walton Goggins. I loved the series Justified, of which uh, he's basically like the anti-hero villain, Boyd Crowder. Excellent performance, excellent actor. And that takes him completely out of that world and into a just like kind of eastbound and down comic reality where the two of them play dueling vice principals at a high school who are trying to get their principal fired so that one of them will be up for that promotion. Oh, nice. Um, And just, you know, I I heard a lot of kind of negative or mixed things about it when it first debuted that maybe people had this expectation for it that it would be the new Eastbound and Down and it didn't live up to that. And I don't know if it's just that I went in with perhaps lowered expectations as a result of what I heard, but I basically watched like six episodes in a row the other night and was just like howling with laughter it is extremely funny and uh yeah i strongly recommend vice principles the hbo comedy series the second season of which just started this past weekend fantastic and with that that will do it for this week's episode our roommates are heather and ben our interns the fine folks at seek geek promo code real good for twenty dollars off your first purchase a very progressive company populated entirely by women if you like the show you can support it at patreon.com slash real good show five dollars a month gets you access to all of our bonus content and john and i were we're talking before the show uh, went to air tonight that uh, we might post the Surrey Eagles game that the two of us did the commentary for uh, coming up on the on the Patreon feed pretty soon this month, possibly. So look forward to that. And of course, we are recording a new mailbag right after we wrap this episode right now. So I'm going to hurry up and do that. If you want to find us online, realgoodshow.com is the place to do that. Uh, the blogs with stuff we talk about each and every week uh, on Twitter at Real Good Show. The Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash Real Good Show. And it continues to grow each and every week, which is very nice to see. Of course, it very much helps the show as well. When you rate and review us on iTunes, or better yet, just simply tell people on Twitter in real life, it doesn't really matter that the show exists and you like it and you think they might like it too. That certainly helps as well. Until next week, I'm Justin Morissette. Stefan Heck. John Cullen. Be real. Be good. Be real good. Finish Graveyard Couple. Yep, that. Oh, wow. That was... Stefan didn't pick what was on the table in front of him for once. I just completely missed it, but I would have never said Finish Graveyard Couple, so... I, sh- I probably would have gone with one I think I've done before, which is... I was thinking... But for some I was just looking at something on my phone, and I totally lost I was thinking LaCroix, so I went with the Stefan oh, okay. thing of just what's yeah. on the table in front of me. Nice. Real good LaCroix. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, I guess, yeah, that's, that's yeah, we got to do a mailbag uh, now. So let's just fucking wrap this bad boy up. I mean, usually I try to end on some kind of laugh that we stumble upon at the end of these (laughs) things. 
So yeah. (laughs) 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 Stefan's laugh was (laughs) the worst thing I've ever heard. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? You know I just closed my eyes, my whole world is up here. Father of mine, take me back to the day. Yeah, when I was still your golden boy, back before you went away.
So take that with your Pythagorean theorem, the Joe Pisarchik theorem. You're dead.